Yo, 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 brother dudes and dudettes. I'm your host, Damien Gibson. This is, of course, the WrestleWolf Wrestling Podcast. Well, it's just called WrestleWolf, but it's a wrestling podcast. And uh, we talk about AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, WWE. But really, mostly, we talk about AEW. This episode will be about AEW results and reviews um, and trying to make this episode a little bit shorter than last week. Went for 40 minutes last week. Probably a little bit too long. But anyway, a um, couple of things have happened since I've come back to doing weekly episodes. Got into a Twitter war uh, with a journalist, in inverted commas, from Forbes, who was writing about how AEW isn't doing very well at the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, just like, you know, I just pointed it out as a bad faith argument. And I appreciate everybody who came uh, to bat for me on Twitter a lot of good people out there, you know, sort of saying, oh, this guy's got form, blah, 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 blah. Right? Just addressing some of the counter arguments to, to my argument. And I just also want to go on the record as well is that, yes, this was sort of a, an anti, it was an anti WWE tweet, but I'm kind of sick of fans pretending to be impartial um, and passing that off as journalism. At least do what I do and just be on the record saying, I don't like WWE, and I'm a big fan of AEW. Right? Get it out in the open, and then you can say whatever the fuck you want. But don't pretend that you're some kind of bastion of honesty, and then secretly you want AEW or New Japan or any other wrestling promotion to fail. Um, anyway, uh, what I... You know, my sentiments overall... Are for everybody in the wrestling media landscape to either be upfront and 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 put your cards on the table about if you have an opinion like mine, which is that WWE is not overly great and AEW is great, be honest with that. You know, I just don't think, uh, I just don't think in the last year, year and a half, AEW have really copped a break from the wrestling media landscape at all and they're all this narrative comes from a certain few people and then it builds and builds and builds and then of course you know wwe like any big company will have journalists in their pocket ready to write for them and then half of these people who do the pre-shows and have shows on the network or what was the network and stuff also have writing jobs you know during the week so there's so much conflict of interest, uh, you know, like I write for a magazine about Japanese wrestling and I don't have a dog in the fight over there. It's not like I'm more wrestling, uh, you know, like more New Japan over wrestling Noah or anything like that. I watch more New Japan, but I don't have a dog in the fight. So I feel like I could write about the Japanese wrestling landscape pretty uh independently you know without really worrying about any conflict of interest if i was to start to write about wwe i don't i don't know if i could you know um i'd like unless i put my cards on the table which i have done previously for a couple of other articles but uh you know i'd have to say up front i don't like wwe so everything that you read is it has to be read through this prism that doesn't 
happen anywhere else. So these things get reported. It's opinion masquerading as fact, you know, and I think we're starting to get to a point, especially in this industry that we that we all love, where it's very, very fucking hard to differentiate between the two. And really what I have started doing, and I've only just sort of got back into the landscape because I'm doing the podcast weekly, but I'm going to duck out again pretty quickly, is for the last three months or so that I took off from the podcast, or, you know, was doing it monthly, I didn't pay any attention to Twitter, YouTube. I unsubscribed from every wrestling YouTube channel. I, I basically did not go on Twitter or Instagram at all. And it increased my enjoyment of wrestling by a thousand percent. By a thousand percent. Uh, there was still a couple of podcasts that I would listen to from time to time. And that, would, that, you know, that's fun. I think podcasts, because you can hear people's voices and tone and stuff like that, it's not as an inflammatory medium as social media because it's more of a conversation. It's a one-sided conversation, but at least... You can hear tone and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and most podcasts will have the the idea of a pro and a con on a, on a subject. So you'll get to both sides of the argument. Um, anyway, there was, you know, there was just a nice bit of... Tra- 51,000 views of the tweet. Uh, huge. Huge. Um, has not... has not turned into podcast listens but uh you know we'll get there we'll get there you guys are listening though and i love every single one of you um yeah few announcements with aw we'll get to that in the back end um but yeah all still really super positive stuff there is the cm punk uh, drama i suppose you know but again this sort of um, falls into what I'm talking about of, uh, you know, there's, there's so much talk about like, oh, CM Punk's upset, this and that, you know, uh, collision is not going to happen in Chicago now, blah, 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 blah. I, I've got some thoughts about that. Um, but we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Let's go through Dynamite, the results. Uh, we kicked off with... TNT champion Wardlow coming to the ring. He basically had a, another promo with uh, Christian uh, with Christian Cage. Uh, they they beat down Wardlow, Luchasaurus, and, and Christian Cage. Uh, next up, we had AW International Champion Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. This is a really fun match. Uh, in the end, Orange tried for a stun dog millionaire, but Big Bill tried fighting it off. Darby gave the assist with a code red. Darby won the match with a coffin drop on Lee, sending a message to AEW world champion MJF with a side headlock takedown. Uh, Marvelous was trying to get a scoop from the Young Bucks about Kenny Omega's condition, and then the Blackpool Combat Club swarmed the Bucks and beat the shit out of them. Uh, Rene Picot is backstage trying to get an update from Wardlow and he had like a face off with Arn Anderson where basically Arn Anderson was like, you got to toughen up, you got to harden up. 
with with Christian, otherwise he's going to take that belt off you. After the commercial break, Renee was backstage with the international champion Orange Cassidy, and basically he was announcing a like battle royal casino. What was a twenty one? What's the <laughs> what's the thing? It should be in my notes here. I can't find it. Um, yeah, essentially he's going to have a a rumble uh, for the uh, international champion chip match at double or nothing uh so that was cool spanish god versus uh semi guevara versus exodus primus was a squash match a little bit unbelievable to be completely honest but anyway semi um yeah like uh, he squash match and then he said i'm not perfect and i've lot of uh, made a lot of mistakes but sometimes it takes a few wrong turns to get to the right place and the right place is las vegas on may 28th when i get to shut up all the naysayers um so essentially this was sammy sending a message to mjf the whole episode sort of centered around this and again i think is you know um just good. I feel like the pillar story has been really good, man, and people are sleeping on it. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal were headed to the ring when AEW Tag Champions Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler jumped them. And then Karen uh, Jarrett got in the ring and distracted FTR, sat them sings, chokeslammed both of them. Jay and Jeff smashed guitars over their heads, and that was it. Uh, Renee Paquette interviewed Darby Allen backstage. Sammy interrupted Darby and Sammy had a moment uh, where Sammy said that he definitely wasn't going to lay down for MJF and that he's, you know, made the best man win, which makes me think that Sammy is absolutely going to double cross <laughs> Darby and Jungle Boy uh, to help MJF win at double or nothing. Next up, we have Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida versus the Arcast Ruby Soho and Tony Storm with Soraya. Now, this match was fine. In ring, it was great. Ruby used the no future kick on Britt Baker. Tony tagged in, but Baker blasted her with the air raid crash. And then the code read, Soraya passed something to Tony. It was a spray paint can. And as the ref was distracted, Tony sprayed Baker in the eyes. Tony Storm uh, pinned Baker after spiking with the pile driver. So pretty typical bad guy behavior here. Now, I, I feel like I'm probably always a little bit harsher towards the girls than I am the guys. I am a massive Tony Storm fan. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long period of time will know that. I don't think she's a very good heel. Or she's not a good heel in this role. She feel it To me, it looks like she's uncomfortable. She doesn't know her place. She doesn't know how to act like an outcast. She's doing these weird, like, sit vicious lips uh it feels like someone who doesn't know anything about punk rock music and i assume that's what they're meant to be they're like a little punk rock band um based on the jackets and called the outcasts and all that sort of thing she does not work or isn't working at the moment as a heel she may be able to change my mind in ring she's fantastic she she can definitely she's definitely a great baby face and and had a shitty time as champion but i don't believe her as a heel uh, i also don't believe Britt baker as a face 
I just don't. The, what I what I very much noticed in this match was that the only person who seemed to be completely over in their current role is Hikaru Shida. Soraya is fantastic. I understand they're trying to get as many girls on camera as possible, but I keep saying this. These storylines with AEW with so many people involved in them need to be narrowed down. You need a protagonist and an antagonist. If that's tag teams or trios, fine. But there's a lot of messy... Uh, well, this match is a great example of it. There's five people out there. Um, you know, like... I know free birds, all that sort of thing. But Soraya is, was a huge get. I know she can't go all the time. She's got a neck to worry about and all that sort of thing. But I would definitely be trying to utilize her in a singles feud to put someone over. You want to make Britt Baker a baby face, baby face, then put her in a feud with Soraya as a, as a you know, terrible heel. Um, anyway, so this story just goes on and on and on. Uh, it did kind of lead somewhere in a second, but... Renee Paquette is backstage with International Orange Age. So this is when the Blackjack Battle Royale was announced. Uh, Tony Khan comes on to make an announcement about an announcement, basically saying that Collision... Well, he told us that Collision is officially a thing and that'll be premiering on June 17th at 8pm Eastern Standard Time in the States. Um, and then next week he would be back to let us know where that will be it'll be a chicago the united center um and then we had a falls count anywhere match this was the ocho chris jericho versus roderick strong this was a this was fun this was a really fun match much much better than it had any right to be i just keep discounting chris because of his age and then he'll pull a match like this out of his ass i mean he's wrestling with roderick strong so i mean both of these guys know what they're doing but um just because there's two experienced guys doing a gimmick match, that does not equate to fun. Um, and I got swerved. I got swerved. Roderick smeared ice cream in Jericho's face. They continued to brawl throughout the concourse with Jericho throwing a trash can at Strong. The brawl spilled outside the arena. And of course, Adam Cole was out there waiting. He couldn't come into the arena because Jericho had... had basically put a restraining order on Adam Cole. Uh, and then Taz was, was like, this is illegal. Cole is outside the arena, replied Excalibur. Adam Cole lowered the boom with a knee strike on Jericho. Strong finished off Jericho and then pinned Jericho in the dirt. What a plan and it worked to perfection, says Mr. Skiavone. And it did. Uh, we had Rush versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. This was a good match. Rush is... A great heel and uh, is actually getting quite a bit, you know, like I talk about people getting more opportunities. I feel like Rush, uh, Rush, yeah, Rush uh, has been booked pretty well for like, you know, he hasn't been given a championship or anything like that as yet. You can't give everyone a belt, but I feel like he's got plenty of TV time. He's definitely been able to show what he could do. A lot of people online talking about him being better than Andrade. That Andrade hasn't really been missed that much because Rush has been just as good as him if not better. Um, this ended with Preston Vance jumping in the ring and started to choke Jack Parry with the TV cable um, after 
Uh, Jack Parry rolled him up and scored the pin. Uh, rolled Rush up and got the pin. I'm sorry. Um, Darby Allen sprinted to the ring and they began to choke Darby with it with the uh, TV cable. Sammy Guevara ran down to even up the odds. Sammy and Darby hit a double drop kick on Preston Vance. So this was, um, you know, this is also directed at MJF. Uh, Renee's backstage with MJF was feeling how uh, asked him how he's feeling about the upcoming match at Double or Nothing, given the events of the night. MJF slapped the microphone out of her hands and stormed off. After the commercial break, Renee P- uh, Paquette was backstage with Tony Storm. Tony challenged uh, Jamie Hayter at Double or Nothing, so we've got the women's main event there. Uh, and then it was main event time. Absolutely, Ricky Starks was a switchblade. JY, I really, I really enjoyed this match because you know I I like Ricky Starks a lot. He's a favorite of mine, and I was very happy to see Jay White headlining uh, or main eventing Dynamite. Not for the first time, hopefully. Should be doing that for the next ten years. It feels like he's a little trepidatious. Like, it's not full-blown New Japan Jay White yet, and that's understandable. still finding his feet. Um, but there, yeah, it feels like having watched Jay for a long time now in Japan, the last four or five years, and him essentially being my favorite dude over there besides Will Ospreay, uh, we're not seeing everything Jay has to offer yet. And that might be a considered thing, might be a purposeful thing. Uh, this match was great. Uh, Ricky nailed White with a swing neckbreaker. Stark speared Jay White. This is towards the end of the match. Uh, speared Jay White in the center of the ring. Starks lifted up Jay White for the uh, Rochambeau. But White gouged Ricky's eyes. Juice Robinson rang in with a steel chair as the ref was admonishing White. Starks grabbed the chair and smacked Juice Robinson with it. The ref turned around, saw Ricky with a steel chair and disqualified Ricky. We don't get a lot of screwy finishes in AEW, and that's something I'm very thankful for. And when it does happen in a situation like this, it's fine because this had been justified. Juice Robinson, and to a lesser extent... Uh, Jay White have been a thorn in Ricky's side for months now. And, you know, yes, Ricky would have liked to have won the match, but in the end, there was an opportunity to smack the fuck out of Juice Robinson with a chair. He couldn't help himself, and he did it. It was a calculated thing. He was happy to take the L to get some, to exact some revenge on Juice Robinson. I, I didn't mind that at all. Uh, Juice Robinson screaming out, Ricky, as they walked out, is starting to become a running bit that I'm enjoying quite quite a lot as well. Um, Tony Schiavone is in the ring. He's interviewing Don Callis about his attack on Kenny Omega last week. There's AEW security everywhere. Uh, Don Callis says, everybody wants to hear why I did what I did to Kenny Omega, but instead I'm going to talk about what Kenny Omega did to me. Basically saying he's the victim, but he doesn't really get to um, say much. Kenny Omega's music begins to play. Omega tries to plow through the security. um, But the Blackpool Combat Club come out. Um, 
Moxley says, this war's already over, Kenny. You and your little friends can't touch us. You never could. This is your final warning, Kenny. Stay down. We are the elite. Uh, the young bucks banged up from earlier come out for the plunder. They're still outnumbered until Hangman Adam Page joins them. Uh, reunited elite fought together tonight against the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, the back, the Bucks smashed Yuta with the BTE trigger. Then Page connected with the Buckshot Lariat on Yuta. And then uh, he gets pulled out by the BCC. Hangman with the heart and soul of this place. We are the elite. So run and hide while you still can. Because a double or nothing is the elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club in anarchy in the arena. Um, Hangman returning AEW and immediately dropping bombs, says Excalibur. Yeah. So this was a fantastic... Like, overall, I thought Dynamite was pretty solid. And then the last 10 minutes here between the BCC and the elite was superb. Um... What AEW continues to be very good at is taking things that have happened a long time ago um, or, you know, even in the recent past and using them as a story point. I completely forgot that uh, Hangman and Page have been stabbed in the eye with a screwdriver, but then he comes out with these true grit eye patch uh, and just looks like a grizzled old cowboy. And he's like, he's had to go through all of this stuff to sort of get back to being in the elite to get back home. You know, he's gone off on his own. He's come back a, a fully fledged man, you know, and it was fitting that he was the one that spoke on the mic on behalf of the elite. Um, you know, almost like he is the leader of the elite in some shape or form. So I just thought this was cool. Like you've been watching AEW from day one. This was pretty massive, you know. Um, and as much as I was sort of bitching and moaning about too many people at ringside, and it is a bugbear of mine with AEW, and it does happen from time to time, even within this story, the BCC versus the Elite over the last five, six weeks or whatever it's been has been a fantastic story. It's something that should absolutely be uh, continued after Double or Nothing. Um, let's quickly jump into Rampage. I don't know if there was a huge amount on Rampage that we need to talk about, but we'll go through it. We don't want to leave it behind. You know, when Collision starts, I don't know if I'm going to talk about Rampage, guys. Just giving you the, the hot tip. We had a trios match, Blackpool Combat Club, uh... Casanoli, Moxley, and William Yuta uh, versus the Best Amigos. Yuta uh, pinned Chuck, and then the BCC celebrated inside the ring to get the win here. TBS cha- champion Jay Cargill uh, had two squash matches and then was about to have a third. Uh, and Ty Valkyrie came down and said she'll see you, her at double or nothing. This is good. I'm glad Tyre hasn't been completely dismissed. I sort of went off on one last week. Probably should have saw that coming, that this was building up to something. Um, but we'll see, man, because, yes, they're building up Tyre slightly, but uh, I, I just feel like Tony is really stubborn on this Jade Cargill thing. He's going to keep booking her uh, until the end of time. Uh, we had another six-man tag match. The acclaimed 
versus the varsity athletes. Um, the acclaim get the, the get the win. I, I think maybe we're building up to the acclaim versus uh, House of Black um, in a in a trios uh, t- title match. Uh, an episode of QTV. Uh, essentially saying that powerhouse Hobbs will be on collision. Uh, the Hardys and Brother Zay came to the ring. Ethan Page walked out and tried to sort of worm his way back into the good graces of, of the, the Hardys, but they didn't want anything to do with it. Um, until uh, Ethan Page and the guns beat down on the Hardys. Uh, you're never going to moan again. We'll see you guys at Double or Nothing, yelled Page. Uh, Chris Jericho from the broadcast booth spoke with Adam Cole. Uh, Chris Jericho challenged Cole to an unsanctioned match of double or nothing, saying the legal agreement was null and void. Uh, and then it's main event time, the natural Dustin Rhodes with Keith Lee versus the Mogul Embassy's Khan with Prince Nana. This match was okay. And then, of course, the um, Mogul Embassy came down Beat down on Justin, uh, on Dustin, sorry. Uh, Keith Lee still seeking revenge for being betrayed by Strickland got into the ring before Lee could get to swerve. Cage and Corn hit Lee with, uh, from behind with a steel chair. Brian Cage hoisted up Lee and then planted him onto the steel chair. The Mogul Embassy held Lee onto the steel chair and then swerved, uh, drove Lee down with a stump. So this storyline between Keith Lee and Swerve continues to bubble along. This has been going on for, God, close to six months now, right? Like, um, I'm enjoying it. I don't hate it. There's some weird people being woven into the story that wouldn't necessarily have there. I think Dustin Rhodes, has he's announced this is his last year of wrestling, and I'm starting to worry that he will just fade off into the distance, and he deserves better than that. I would try and give him a title run of some description. I mean, there's so many fucking titles. Uh, even if you gave him a Ring of Honor heavyweight championship as almost... I know, I know you don't want to give token championship reigns to people, but... Uh, you, know, you give it to him for a three-month run. He can say he was a world champion. I don't know. He was definitely not a world champion at WWE, I don't think. And he definitely wasn't a world champion at WCW. Um, you know, just let him... You know, just give him, just give him the belt. Um, so yeah, AEW Five Forever. The launch date for that was announced June 29th. As far as I know, that's going straight to Xbox Game Pass. So you'll, if you have a Game Pass membership, uh, you'll just be able to download it on day one. So I'm super excited for that. In fact, I might take that day off uh, and play it for the whole day. I might even do an episode about it. Uh, and as I mentioned before, the, the other series, Collision, starts on, on June 17th. So big June happening. You know, of course, all the drones, all the Fed bots are talking about CM Punk not being... Uh, uh, it's essentially being set up that Tony will make the announcement this week about uh, Collision being at Chicago. 
Um, if things haven't been cleared up with CM Punk, supposedly he's upset because Ace Steel was meant to be on the road, but now is not going to be on the road, that he'll be working from home instead. Um, and if Punk is, you know, if it's, if it's to be believed that he is upset and AEW have sent a lawsuit to him, then the first episode will be at uh, Daly's place in Florida, which the Khans essentially own, for want of a better term. Um I would be really disappointed if we got the announcement tomorrow uh, or sorry. Yeah, tomorrow. And it ends up being that it's going to be a daily's place. And we're not going to see him punk back to AEW. If, if we, <laughs> if AEW going to lose CM Punk because, you know, a producer, because people who will be on the other show might be upset that a producer is working. You know, I mean, we're still, it would be amazing to me that Tony's gone to the effort of essentially splitting the roster across two shows to accommodate everybody. And like what holds it up is whether a road producer is allowed to be on the road or not. Just, Make it happen. Like, if there's any truth to this, Tony, you've just just let Ace Steel fucking go on the road, man. You know, Collision without CM Punk is a failure. You know, All In in London without CM Punk is a failure. AW without CM Punk will be a failure. It, it is a huge fork in the road for the company. Uh, you know, it, usually I would be the no dickheads policy guy in any situation it's like well if there's a guy who's making outrageous um demands on you know a team then fuck him like he doesn't get to play in the team but if these reports are to be believed you know the agreement was that Ace still would be back out on the road and then they've pulled back on that so i could understand why sam punk would be upset but um Look, for what it's worth, I looked at the United Center's calendar, uh, the 17th of June. There's nothing on that night. So I I can't imagine that there's too much validity to these claims. What I will say is if Tony comes out on Dynamite tomorrow night and announces this um, being in Chicago and being at the United Center, we as a collective of fans probably need to ask ourselves what like outside of like review shows and and ratings and sort of just discussions about the matches and everything we really need to just stop talking about bullshit <laughs> you know i know i'm a like i'm i'm absolutely doing the thing that i'm saying we shouldn't do right now by talking about it but it's a, I only bring it up because like it, it's it kind of stresses me out, you know. I like I'm expecting to hear the um, the announcement like, "Hey, Collision's going to be in Chicago and blah blah." Because I don't think it's necessarily healthy for the company to have two brands where no one really talks to each other. Like I don't think that's a great result. And then when I heard Kenny Omega talk, you know last week after dynamite about how he had sat down with people and buried the hatchet and barber, you know, maybe that was just about hangman Adam page. It felt very much like it was about Sam punk. 
and there were Instagram photos about of uh, CM Punk having, you know, little. Uh, there was a door, like what looked like a dressing room door, and on the door it said, "Larry's here. Please keep the door shut." So it looked like he was like at a stadium sort of thing, um, which would mean probably AEW, and I assume that's when that conversation took place. So if all of a sudden. I mean, you know, maybe Punk has buried things with the Elite and now this is a beef between Punk and Tony, <laughs> which would be insane, which would be insane. Um, but you, if for some reason Tony's trying to now, you know, if any of this shit's real, you know, there's a big caveat of like, if any of these Twitter rumors are true, if Tony for some reason is putting his foot down now with Punk now, like after everything like this is the moment a week you know two days before you're about to make the biggest fucking announcement in the company's history since announcing the punk was joining like it would be the dumbest fucking move business move i've ever seen in the wrestling industry and that's a huge call considering how many fucking dumb things we've seen done in the wrestling industry all across the globe as far as business moves are concerned i look i'm quietly confident that tony will come out on dynamite this week and say collision will be at the united center which means the return of the second city saint sam punk you know um if that doesn't happen, all hell will break loose, and it, it could, you know, it could really derail everything. Really could. Um, the collision will be a failure. All in will be a failure. Uh, AW, I, I can't. You know, it's because people there will be. You know, I'm a massive punk fan, but there are bigger punk fans than me out there and they'll be looking for a scapegoat and it'll either be tony or the elite or both uh so if punk doesn't show up all of a sudden the elite start getting booed out of the building tony gets booed every time he's on fucking stage seeing punk chance it is it would be an absolute nightmare for aw if any of this shit was to go down and look at the end of the day this is insane like if any of this is true us normal people have to work with people that we fucking despise on a daily basis. We don't get to run to our boss and say, I'm not coming to work tomorrow if Darren's here. You know, we just have to put up with Darren. We just have to sit in the fucking meeting and listen to him bang on and on and on and on about whatever the fuck it is that Darren wants to talk about. And that's our life. That's our lot. We find other ways to work around it. You know, it wasn't... The thing that I've always heard about the wrestling industry is like, oh, everybody will put everything aside if they can, you know, if we can do business. Like, we'll put all our beasts beside if we can do business and make money. Like, let's not leave money on the table, right? Isn't that meant to be the the big thing in wrestling? Like, how fucking boneheaded would everybody have to be if somehow they let any of this bullshit get in the way of them becoming the number one fucking wrestling promotion on the face of the planet, which they could absolutely do if everybody put their fucking ego in check and just admitted like, okay, well, CM Punk is a bigger fucking headliner than anybody else in this company. 
it's just a fact jack you know and it's not a representation of you being bad or unlikable or anything like that it's just something to aspire to you know i'm sure someone like mjf looks at sam punk you know and the way that they work together you could tell that he respected him he would look at that and just go okay well i have to work harder to get to there you know i have to keep working and those moments will come like the pop pipe bomb but you'll never replace how people feel about sam punk because he fucking because of the pipe bomb he he has a legion of people who will love him until the end of time and i'm one of those people so you know it's (laughs) i'm yeah, like I say, I'm almost 100% sure that none of this will come to fruition or even if there was some truth in it that it got sorted out because everybody involved were adults and they put everything behind them and understood that, you know, there's money to be made and the company, like everything that Kenny was talking about last week of like, we've put everything aside for the good of the company. Great. Okay, well, let's hope that everybody does that, including Punk, um, and we all get the wrestling that we want to see. All right, uh, I'm going to leave that there. Let's see how long this is. 37 minutes, so we've cut it down by five minutes this week. So, all right, <laughs> until next week, brother dude. I watched some Ring of Honor as well, and it was fine. Um, but I might talk about that a bit more next week. Uh, yeah, got a few thoughts on Ring of Honor. Um, thought it was a mistake when it first happened. And I'm still have not really changed my mind on that. Anyway, we're at 38 minutes now. So I at least want to cut four minutes off from last week's time. Guys, have a great week. Hope you enjoy your wrestling. Uh, Let's hope that all the right announcements are made this week on Dynamite. I'll be back next week to talk some more wrestling with you.